So there's mental, physical, and emotional health. And then there's even your spiritual health, perhaps not as widely recognized, but important in its own way. In fact, in the article for The Sector, Freya Lucas writes this. Through spiritual development, children learn to be aware of and comfortable with qualities such as respect, responsibility, and reverence for self and others. You may hope to have deeper, more spiritual connections with your kids, but it can be hard to cut through the everyday casual conversations. My next guest has some experience and ideas on that. I'm joined by the host of Magnify, the podcast, Catherine Davis, and you also teach religious education full-time. I do. So this is you, you're teaching teenagers. <laughs> You're the mom of teenagers. You know how this goes. I love teenagers. And I also think that spiritual health is so important. It helps every other aspect in our lives. And so to understand that foundation, I think, is vital and crucial. Do you feel, Catherine, that kids want to have these kind of spiritual conversations with their adults or their parents? Yes. But I think sometimes they don't know how to bring it up or they don't understand that it can be a part of the everyday. Mm -hmm. And so I just think we have to help them understand that it is and that it's natural and help them understand the why behind it. As parents, I know many do want more of these types of dialogue yeah. or conversation. I think we don't want to come across too stuffy. We don't want to come across like we're lecturing. And I, I find myself, at least with my younger sisters, I don't have teenagers yet, so my 20-year-old <laughs> sisters get to be my teenage mother and guinea pig. <laughs> They're so lucky. But I often find myself trying to go super casual, right? Like, I remember when they were dating, and, and I wouldn't want to come right out and say, did you kiss him? So I'd say, did you smooch him? Just to make it a little more approachable, do we have to make it casual in order for them to feel comfortable in the connection or what's your read on that? I think we have to speak their language, right? Like we have to know what relates to them and what's relevant to them. And so if we can't speak their language, then it's not going to connect. So it's not that it has to be casual per se, but we have yeah. to kind of meet them where they're we at. We have to meet them where they're at. Well, for a mom who does want to have more spiritual conversations with their children, let's talk about how to approach it. You say first, we have to realize that connection is never convenient. It is never convenient. I don't know what the deal is, <laughs> but I think teenagers come and they want to talk at the most inconvenient times, especially late at night when you're tired and you're <laughs> ready to get into bed. That seems to be when a lot of the barriers are down. Down and they want to talk. Some of my best conversations with my kids have been after dances or after dates or after late nights and we're on the floor in the foyer or in the kitchen and sometimes at the foot of my bed. But I always find that it's not convenient for me. I have stuff going on or I'm tired. But I really believe if we understand the, important of that, the importance of that moment and put away the phone, sit up in bed, understand that those moments are precious mm -hmm. and hold on to those. Mm -hmm. So sleep doesn't come more with teenagers than it does with little kids. That's what I'm hearing you say. No. Fight to the tired <laughs> they, to be you present. You do. You have to fight through it and, and sit up and talk because that's when they want to. Yeah. So when they want to, you hold on to that moment. So I almost hear you describing that as kind of a sacred bid. Like they're yes. coming to you, so I'm going to square my shoulders, look you in the eyes, and, and drop whatever I can to be there. Whatever. Yeah. Because that's the that's the most important thing that okay. you can do at that moment. Connections are never convenient. I'm going to remember that. Next, you want us to create a healthy culture of questioning. I love the way you phrase this. Well, I think that's so important. Sometimes we're so afraid of questions. But we have to be open to them. We have to understand that questioning is a good thing because that means they're thinking about them. I would rather have my kids question 
their beliefs, question if they believe in a God, question everything with me to talk about it and, and understand that I can help create a healthy culture of questioning, that I can talk to them about my questions, I can talk to them about my process, how I receive answers, where I go for answers, and go with them to those places to help them find answers. And we have to create relevance with questions. We have to help them understand that why, why does it matter to them? Mm -hmm. Why is that important? That part of the, the environment we want to create with questions is relevance. So it can't just be an answer or even a testimony. In fact, you pointed us to this quote. I'll share and I yes. love your response. Gone are the days when a student asked an honest question and a teacher responded, don't worry about it. Gone are the days when a student raised a sincere concern and a teacher bore his or her testimony as a response intended to avoid the issue. So we have to meet them with relevant answers. Yeah, and that's from M. Russell Ballard. And I just think that is so important to understand that we can't shy away from them, and we shouldn't. That these questions are a good thing. It's how we develop, it's how we grow, it's how we learn. And I love that you say you're willing to share your questions with your kids and your students as well. What, what, what have you seen as the reaction or the benefit to you saying, hey, here's a question I have? Yeah, well, it's real. Then they don't think, oh, she knows it all or she's just gone through it, mm -hmm. but they see that I have questions that I'm dealing with it just like they are, mm -hmm. and it's real and it's relatable. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What if we don't have the answer in the moment? What if a question comes and we're, you know, and I, I've seen this on a much younger, you know, less pressureful scale, but you're spinning trying to come up with the right answer. I mean, my two-year-old asked me the other day how Jesus created acorns. So I'm on a different level, but what do you do when that brain is spinning and you don't have that spiritual or deep answer to meet them at their deep question? Hey, Brooke, I think that is the beauty of it. Those questions that I don't have the answers to, I actually love. How come? Because I can say, you know what, I don't know, but let's find out. Like, show excitement about not knowing the answer and find out together. Teach them how to find answers. That's what we have to ha help our kids know and understand is because they're gonna have questions their entire lives. Mm -hmm. So can we teach them where to go to find answers? And if we can do it together, mm -hmm. what a beautiful process and what a beautiful way to teach and demonstrate that to your kids. To go down the road together. Yes. Of exploring yeah. and asking and getting curious. That would be a really good synergistic experience. And, and I'm okay with not knowing. Mm -hmm. I'm okay with saying, you know what? I don't know, but mm -hmm. that's such a good question. Mm -hmm. Let's figure that out. Honesty connects. Yeah. Lastly, you say we need to meet them where they are. Yeah, I think that's key. I truly believe that God speaks every language. He speaks basketball, he speaks sports, he <laughs> speaks music. Oh, I love that. He speaks whatever your kids are involved with, and so do you speak their language. Do you know what's important to them and how we can connect God and spirituality to what is important to them? I have seen powerful moments when I can speak football and how God speaks football with my son, mm -hmm. or whether that's swimming or academics or music. God mm -hmm. speaks all languages, and if there's one thing Honestly, I could tell parents, and this is where I think when we meet them where they are, is to practice your poker face. I just, we j if they come to us with a question, a concern, or something that they have done wrong, practice your poker face. Mm -hmm. Don't act surprised, don't act disappointed, mm -hmm. don't act scared, just meet them where they are. Mm -hmm. Because if we show those moments of like doubt and concern and mm -hmm. surprise, or disappointment, mm -hmm. it shuts them down. Mm -hmm. And I love to lean into the fact that God's not worried. 
I remember I was up late one night, really late worried about one of my children and some of the decisions they were making. And I just distinctly felt God say, Catherine, I'm not worried about them, why are you? So he's got them, this is his plan. Lean into that fact and practice your poker face and understand that it's going to be okay. Yeah. It's whatever they have, whatever questions they have, whatever mistake they have made, it's going to be okay. And so show them and tell them that they're loved yes. and that it will work out. Worry is not love. Worry is not love. We've talked about that before. Yeah. Catherine, thank you so, so much. Important. You host conversations like this in such a beautiful way on the Magnify podcast. How can we listen? Go to, it's on any podcast. Look at the Magnify community and also connect with us on Instagram. And tell us some of your thoughts and feelings. And hopefully we can develop a community together where it's safe and it's good to talk about spirituality and how it can bless every part of our lives. You are building a community that points right to that. So thank you so much for sharing your gift and your experience. So happy to be here, Brooke.